Hey y'all, before we begin, I want to make sure you know about my live parent workshops. One Friday a month, I host a live virtual parent workshop on topics related to raising neurodivergent kids and teens. We cover topics like how to talk to your child about their diagnosis, how to support negative self-talk, and navigating school for your child. You can register for workshops one at a time, or you can become an all-access subscriber on Substack for instant access to all the workshops and replays. To browse the workshop library and subscribe, go to learnwithdremily.substack.com and click Parent Workshops. Hey y'all, before we begin, if you're a school administrator who loves watching your teachers and students thrive, but you feel your staff needs more training to meet the needs of such a diverse group of learners, I am here for you. I am now offering professional development for pre-K through 8th grade educators, both in-person and virtually. For more information about pricing and scheduling, go to learnwithdremily.com schools to get started. Welcome to Learn with Dr. Emily, the podcast where parents and teachers come together for neurodivergent youth. I'm your host, Dr. Emily King, child psychologist and former school psychologist, and I am on a mission to help everyone understand that nurturing neurodivergent children isn't about changing them, but about changing us. Each week, I share my thoughts on topics related to child development, mental health, parenting, education, and parent-teacher collaboration. You can read more on my Substack at learnwithdremily.substack.com or listen here. So let's get started with today's topic. Hey y'all, on today's podcast, we are going to be talking about how teachers can beat burnout. Now I know that so many teachers are in your first week of summer and I want you to just breathe and stay present and listen to this and bookmark it for when you're ready to dive into learning more about beating burnout to prevent some of the burnout that you may have felt this year as you head into the summer and professional development opportunities and thinking about things that you want to do differently next school year. All right. So teachers, you are busy. I know this. Parents know this. Everyone knows this. And we see you and you are asked to do so many things with really too little time and energy. I'm here to remind you that you can find time for yourself I've helped teachers do this. I've talked with teachers in trainings to help them realize that they just have to be intentional about carving out this time and really planning it out. The most important thing to know is that a little bit of time for yourself goes a very long way. A few months ago, I created a free video series for elementary educators to learn how to beat burnout during the school year. And you can go to my Substack or the links in the podcast to download that for free. You'll only need to set aside about 15 minutes a day or at a time. There are four videos, so an hour total to learn with me about beating burnout. Um, I mentioned a live call in the videos and that is outdated, so that's no longer available. But the four videos that are recorded are brief, actionable ways to radically change how you take care of yourself. Today's blog and podcast is going to be a sneak peek. So let's get started. Number one, I want you to take time for yourself and figuring out what that looks like. So if you're interested in finding more time for yourself, then you already understand that spending time alone or just spending time doing things that you have chosen to do 
is incredibly helpful to managing your energy. Inside the video series, I will teach you how to notice the signs of burnout, how to prepare yourself for stress before it happens, because we can all assume that stress is going to happen during the school year, and how to set boundaries so we can manage our energy when we know that stress is going to happen. Imagine getting better at figuring out what triggers stress you because they're individual and unique for all of us, getting ahead of it and setting those boundaries so that you have time to recover after the stress. All right, number two, here's how we're going to do it. When we experience stress, most of us benefit from a change to our sensory system, like a deep belly breath, a cold drink of water, a warm cup of tea, breathing fresh air, feeling the sun on our skin, or standing up to stretch or walk. However, as adults, we often have deeply ingrained patterns of responding to stress that involved either numbing our feelings or overriding them with our thoughts that are usually telling us just work harder to solve your problems. One example of numbing stress is when we grab sugar or carbs for a treat, even when we're not hungry. Instead, we're often distracting ourselves from feeling negative emotions with a hit of dopamine. That dopamine or that feel-good feeling is what we feel in our brains when we eat sugar or carbs, and it makes us feel temporarily better, but if we overdo it, we don't feel well later. Drinking alcohol is another example, as alcohol will depress all of our sensory responses so we feel less of everything. The trouble with that is we might feel less stress, but we also might miss out on feeling joy if we drink too much or too frequently. Sometimes we try to override fatigue by drinking caffeine to remain alert rather than getting better sleep or moving our body more often. So let me pause here and just say, listen, coffee is one of my favorite things in the world, so I'm not suggesting we forego it, Same with sugar and carbs. I'm just pointing out a connection to be aware of. Caffeine is not the only way to perk up, or if we have too much of it, we can feel jittery and anxious, which doesn't help us in the long run. What does help us long-term is really taking a look at our sleep and our movement patterns as a systemic solution to becoming more resilient to stress over time. Number three, noticing the child inside. I want to ask you to think about how you handled stress as a child. This might seem unrelated, but it's not. It's actually extremely related. Many of us have deeply ingrained patterns of stress responses that are a culmination of our temperament and life experience thus far. For instance, when met with stress, some people dismiss or minimize their feelings as a protective strategy. This is often rooted in a caregiver saying to you as a child, oh, you're fine, or it's not that big of a deal, when you felt like it actually was a very big deal. These types of minimizing comments are not harmful to every child, but they do stick with some of us. If you have an internal voice shaming you for feeling your feelings, think through how your caregivers talked about feelings or didn't talk about them when you were younger. There are likely some clues in there to your go-to emotional reactions when you're stressed. I want to say hi to all the teachers out there learning with me. 
Thank you so much for being an educator. I see you and appreciate you and how you keep showing up for our students every single day. In my work as a school psychologist, I know that it helps to have a way to stay organized when thinking about your students' needs. That's why I created two free resources for you. The regulation roster helps you notice how your students seek emotional regulation and keep track of it. And the reframing behavior worksheet helps you problem solve emotional dysregulation when it happens. For these free downloads, go to learnwithdremily.com slash roster or learnwithdremily.com slash reframing behavior to get started. I want to welcome any parents who are new to this journey. If your child has just been identified as autistic or diagnosed with ADHD, learning differences, or is twice exceptional, welcome. You are in the right place. You may also be overwhelmed by all the calls and emails you're having to make to providers as you're building your child's team. That's why I created the Referral Tracker, which is a free download at learnwithdremily.com tracker. This free resource explains what each provider does and gives you a template to keep track of all your research. Just go to learnwithdremily.com tracker to get started. Some of us have anxious temperaments and when faced with stress become hypervigilant or jump into problem solving or activate our perfectionism to avoid negative emotions by making sure there is a solution to everything just in case. These are the young children who are pretty crafty with coming up with solutions to avoid conflicts at all cost. But experiencing conflict is exactly what we need to do to develop a healthy tolerance to our feelings. We need to mess up and feel disappointed and learn how to cope and then find a better way for next time. Both dismissing our feelings and avoiding them through perfectionism or problem solving are exhausting strategies and not emotionally sustainable over time. When we engage in these avoidant coping strategies as adults, we miss an opportunity to model healthier ways to cope for the children in our lives. So number four, let's come up with a better way. What's incredibly important to know is that research has shown that the feelings we experience after an event, like a negative comment, a mistake, or a person annoying us, last only about 90 seconds. So if we can tune into that feeling, allow it to happen to us, don't be afraid because it's temporary and brief, and move through it, we end up releasing it rather than trapping it inside our body. Trapping feelings in our body is what leads to emotional fatigue, chronic stress, and burnout. I'm going to go into all of this in the free video series and what is happening to our nervous system as adults so that you can be more aware of it and figure out how to build resiliency for yourself. So for a deeper look and tips for strengthening your resilience to the negative emotions you feel as an educator or a parent, go to the link and grab the free video series on beating burnout and it'll come straight to your email inbox. So I will see you next week. Let's stay connected. And to all the educators, I am so grateful for you. Have a wonderful break. If summer's coming for our year-round educators, it's coming soon enough. And enjoy yourselves and stay present. And I will see you next week.
This has been Learn with Dr. Emily at the podcast. For more resources, including both parent, teacher, and school resources, visit learnwithdremily.com or read my substack at learnwithdremily.substack.com. Also, we are publishing this podcast weekly, so make sure you're subscribed by pressing the plus, follow, or subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're using right now. This podcast is edited by EarFluence. All information discussed on this podcast is for educational purposes only. If you have immediate concerns about your child, please reach out to a mental health or medical professional. I'm Dr. Emily King, and we will keep learning together next week.